morning, church. Uh, my name is Peter. I'm one of the pastors here. And today, since it's Valentine's Day, I thought that it would be fitting for us to talk about loving others. And so I got two questions for you right off the bat today. First question is, who do you love? Second question is, how do you love? Who and how? Let's start with who. Who do you love? It's a, a simple question, but it gets tricky quickly because each of us loves many people. So I love Crystal, my wife. I love my kids, PJ, Lucy, and Jackson. I love my parents. I love my two sisters. Uh, you can even throw their husbands in there. I'm sure I love them too. Uh, I love my in-laws, sure, love them. Uh, grandparents, yep. Aunts and uncles, yep. Uh, nieces, I absolutely love my nieces. Um, throw in the occasional cousin, uh, but it's starting to get hazy. Uh, do I love my friends? Sure. Uh, do I love my coworkers? Sure, sure. Uh, do I love my bosses? I would like to say for the record that I absolutely love pastors Todd and Jan, and I hope you all tell them that I said that. Okay, well, we recognize that when we're talking about love, uh, it can be challenging because not all love is the same. Uh, C.S. Lewis writes about this in his book, The Four Loves, where he identifies four different categories of Christian love. Uh, let's go through them quickly. The first one is affection, that we have uh, affection as love. That's a, a family love. That's a, a familiar love. Uh, that could be from anything as simple as I love my slippers to I love Seattle because it was an important place in my life to I love my dog all the way up to the powerful love that a mother has for her newborn child. Uh, it's this family love, this affection that we have. It comes through spending time together and shared experiences, this affection. Then the next category of love we can look at is friendship love. Friendship love is the picture of two individuals who are standing side by side, facing in the same direction. They're drawn together by common interests. They have the same passions. They could stay up late talking about a subject that they are interested in and all the little details and minutia of that. Uh, many of the romantic relationships that we have are born out of this friendship love. Uh, but in the ancient world, they considered this the highest form of love, that uh, you would have this deep and meaningful connection and friendship with someone else. Uh, in our culture, our world today, uh, we don't really value it as much as it used to be valued because we are incredibly preoccupied with the third category of love, which we'll call romantic love, romantic love. I think you'll get where I'm going here with this. C.S. Lewis talks about friendship love as naked personalities. You really get to know somebody. They're fully on display. And then romantic love would have naked bodies, okay? You probably don't want to hear me talk about that anymore, and so we'll just move on to the next category of love, which is gift love. Now, if you've been a Christian or around church for a long time, you may have heard it called uh, agape love from the Greek word. 
Uh, but it's this picture of divine love that God has for us. It's a gift, the gift of love. In the King James Version of the Bible, it uses the word charity. It's this love that is given, not expecting anything in return. And this is the love that turned our world upside down with the New Testament and the teachings of Jesus and, and who he is. Uh, this picture of love that is freely given without looking for anything in return turned our world upside down. And so this is the love that we love our neighbors with. This is the love that we love our enemies with. This is love that we give to those who have nothing to offer in return. And so using this framework of these four loves, it kind of gives us a better perspective of who we love. So who do you have affection for? Who are those that you've spent time with? It could be your family. It could be your coworkers where you've been through the trenches with them. It could be those people that you've just known and lived life with. You have an affection for them. And who do you have friendship love with? Who is it that shares your interests and you've just uh, been together with them and really they know the real you, who you truly are. And you have this depth of love for your closest friends, this friendship love. And then uh, who do you have romantic love with? And I, I recognize that some of us here, uh, we have that romantic love right now. Some of us uh, would like to have that romantic love. Maybe some of us, you used to have that romantic love. And maybe even for some of us, you're just not interested in that romantic love at this time in your life. Romantic love. Who do you have romantic love for? And then the final category is gift love. When we look at our life and we look at the question of who do I love, who is it that we love with gift love? When we're thinking about love, we can picture a crowd of all the people that we know. And then on that crowd is a spotlight of our love. Who is in the spotlight of your love? And where does it start to get a little hazy for you? Well, for the Christian, there is nothing greater that we can do than love. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians Chapter 13, the Apostle Paul, who was a leader in the first century church, he's writing a letter to a church in Corinth, and he's explaining to them the greater way, the way of love. And he's telling them, and we can learn from it today, that for us, if we were to reach the absolute pinnacle of spirituality, if we were operating in all of the gifts and abilities, and we were just these uh, on the mountaintop of spirituality, to where we were people who could speak eloquently in multiple languages. We've mastered all of the languages, and we speak so beautifully these words that are so persuasive to people. And yet, if we don't have love, those words are ultimately going to be hollow. They're going to be like the sound of a clanging symbol. Paul says to the Corinthian church that if we were on the mountaintop 
where we were great prophets and we could prophesy into every situation. And we had these incredible words of knowledge. We knew exactly what was going on and we could speak into every situation. Where we had this incredible faith, the kind of faith that can move mountain after mountain, where there was no obstacle that stood in our way. And yet we didn't have love. It would all be for nothing. Paul says that if we were incredibly generous, we were people who gave everything we have away. We gave it all away, even to laying down our life and dying a martyr's death. Yet we didn't have love. It would, we would have gained nothing. Paul tells us that love outlasts prophecy. Love outlasts words of knowledge. Love for us as Christians and followers of Jesus is our ultimate aim. Love is preeminent. And so for those of us that are here today as Christians, if we could only be good at one thing, let it be love. But it leads us to our question of how do we love? If love is our ultimate aim, if love is the most important thing we could do, how do we love? I think all of us, we see the value in love. But when we really look at it, what would your life look like if you were excellent at loving? What would your marriage look like if you were excellent at loving your spouse? What would your family look like if you were excellent at loving your kids? What would your relationships look like if you were excellent at loving your friends and those who were closest to you? Do we see the value and the importance of love? But how do we love? If we want to learn how to love, there's a number of different areas and places that we can look to learn about how to love and how to love well. So we could look at culture. Our culture, our world has a lot to say about love. There's a lot that we could hear about love from our culture. We could look to history to learn about love. We could go back and look at the beautiful love sonnets that have been written and the great treaties on love and the wonderful, beautiful novels that have been written, these stories that tell us about love. So we could look to history. We could look at psychology, sociology. We could look at all these different topics and learn about love. We could also look at our role models, we can look at the generation who's come before us, the people who raised us, the people that we've looked to, and how they have loved. There's a number of different ways that we can learn about and look to to find out how to love well. But again, for those of us that are here as Christians, the answer to the question of how to love and how to love well is simple, if not easy. That the answer for us is to look at Jesus. That Jesus is the ultimate example of love. That if I want to know how to love, I learn how to love from looking at Jesus. That when I look at him, I learn how to love. 
And so we want to learn from Jesus because Jesus is love. Jesus is the expressed image of love. And so how can we learn how to love from Jesus? Well, the more that I understand how Jesus loves me, the more I learn how to love like Jesus. I want to say that one more time. The more that I understand how Jesus loves me, the more I learn how to love like Jesus. Now, the same Paul who wrote of the greater way of love to the church in Corinth, he also wrote to a church in Ephesus, and he told them about how he was praying for them and how Christ now dwells in our hearts through faith, and that we are now rooted and grounded in love, that as followers of Jesus, as Christians, Christ dwells in our heart through faith, and we are rooted and grounded in love. And he continues in Ephesians chapter 3. I want to read it to you. Ephesians chapter 3, in verse 18 and verse 19. I want to read it to you from the Passion Translation. It says, Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Paul writes these words to the church. And Paul is someone who had an encounter with the love of Jesus. You know, Paul was not one of the disciples of Jesus or students of Jesus like some of the other apostles were. So he didn't get to eat with Jesus and hang out with Jesus and just be around Jesus for years and years. But Paul had an encounter with the love of Jesus. And that love changed and transformed and turned his life upside down. And so when Paul is writing these words to the church in Ephesus, he's writing out truths that he is living. He has experienced this love. This love has transformed him. And so he's speaking out this truth of what he has seen and experienced in his life, and he's sharing it with the church. And for us, we want to understand, we want to see that if we want to know how to love, we need to look at Jesus. And we need to see how Jesus loves us. And so this same love that we just looked at, I want to look at it again. And I want you to see how Jesus loves you. Let's look at it one more time. This is what it says. See the love of God. See the love that Jesus has for you. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ. This love is deeply intimate. Jesus loves you with a deeply intimate love. It's far-reaching. 
This is an enduring love. This is an inclusive love. This is an endless love that's beyond our understanding. This is extravagant love. And this love fills us to overflowing. I want you to see in your mind a a picture that would hold water. And then imagine an endless supply of water, crystal clear water, pouring in to that pitcher. You know, whatever was floating around in there before gets displaced by this crystal clear, pure water that fills the pitcher to overflowing. And that's us. And that water, that's the love that Jesus has for you. It's an endless supply of love. It fills you up. It displaces everything else until there's this overflow of love, this cascading love that spills out of us into those that are around us. This is the picture of love that Jesus has for you, this endless supply of love. That we are filled with the fullness of God. It's an overflowing love. And so the more that I see and understand how Jesus loves me, the more I learn how I can love like Jesus. Now, when we're talking about love, we want to get practical here. We want to see, okay, practically though, how can I love like Jesus? And so I want to give you two keys That if you're taking notes, you could write these down. Two things from this passage that we just read about what we want our love to look like. So the first thing is that we need a love that is higher and deeper. We need a higher and deeper love. When I look at the love of Jesus, it is a heavenly love. It's a divine love. It's higher than the standards that are set by culture or by our world. It is a higher standard of love. And so if I want to love like Jesus, I need this divine love. There's no point in me just trying to gut it out and do it in my own strength and my own ability and just, I'm just going to love that person. But I need a divine, a heavenly love that has been gifted to me by Jesus. I haven't done anything to earn it or deserve it. I, I don't merit it, but it's been given to me. And so now I can give that love to others. So I need a love that's higher. We need a love that's deeper. It needs to be higher and deeper. It's got to go beyond just the shallow, performative love that we see around us. The people who are just, they say they love, but it's only shallow. It's just a performance. We need to take the time to dig in deep. How deeply intimate is his love? That we can be those who love deeply and intimately. We need a deeper love. Now after 11 years of marriage, I know that there is still so much that I have to learn about how to better love my wife. After eight years of parenting, I know there's still so much that I have to learn about how to better love my kids. But I need to see that there is a higher standard of love that I'm going to come up with on my own. And that there's a deeper love. I want to be rooted and grounded in love. So that like a tree, I've got my roots going down deep into love and my branches are stretching up high 
to that higher standard of love. It's a love that's both higher and deeper. The second key is that we need a love that is wider. We need a wider love. So picture that crowd of everybody you know. And that spotlight on that crowd and everyone who's in that spotlight, that's who you love. How can we widen the beam of our love? How can we love more people? How can we bring more people into that beam? We need a wider love. When we look at the love of Jesus, it is a far-reaching love. And so we need a wider love. Jesus makes it clear in the scriptures that we can't just love those who love us. We can't just love people who look like us or value the same things that we value or think like we think, but that we have to be intentional as Christians to widen the beam of our love, to intentionally seek out people that we can give the gift of love, that gift love to them. And so how can we widen the beam of our love? So we need a love that is both higher and deeper, and we need a wider love. We need a love that goes to greater lengths. That's the love of Jesus. And so as I look at how Jesus loves me, I learn how to love like Jesus. Okay, but again, we're looking to get practical here. It's Valentine's Day, okay? How can we practically love others? And so this is where I want to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I want us, I mean, we kind of, we're paraphrasing, kind of looking from a wide angle at the beginning of the chapter. But now I kind of want to dive in a little deeper And so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4, through to the beginning of verse 8. And in this passage, Paul is giving us a picture of what love is and what love isn't. And so this becomes our roadmap for loving others. Again, we're going to look at it and see that this is how Jesus loves me. And I'm going to understand the love that Jesus has for me. And so that shows me how to love others. Because I want to love like Jesus loves. So let's look at this together. Again, I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. Because this is a very familiar passage. If you've been to a lot of weddings, you've probably heard this read out time and time again. But this isn't just love between two spouses. This This is the definition of love. This is how we are to love. So I want to look at it again, just with fresh eyes. Starting in verse 4, it says, Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. So we start at it with it, at looking at this is how Jesus loves us. Jesus has a big love. And the love that Jesus has for me is incredibly patient. Jesus is so patient with me. The love that Jesus has for me is gentle. And Jesus is consistently kind to all. You know that word gentle? Sometimes uh, we get tripped up on that word. We think gentleness means weakness. But gentleness is really strength and power under control. So like a tiger, nobody is going to argue that a tiger is powerful. A tiger could rip your face off. Happy Valentine's Day. 
A tiger could rip your face off. A tiger is powerful, but a tiger can also go with its cubs and be incredibly gentle. It's not that it doesn't have that strength and that power. It's under control. And that is a picture of what our love can look like. It's a powerful love. It's a strong love. And yet we can be gentle in our love. Then Paul starts to tell us what love isn't. Love refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. For it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. This is our roadmap for how to love. The first step is that we understand that this is how Jesus loves us. That his love is a safe place of shelter for us. His love never gives up on us. His love never quits. And then we, we look at our own love and we see how our love doesn't measure up. Our love falls short. But we begin to bring our love into alignment with what love is. And we see how Jesus loves us and he fills us to overflowing with his love. And then we say, God, I need you to help me to love like you. I need to not be so irritated with my children. God, please help me. And we focus on that and we work on that because we see that's how Jesus loves me. He's not easily irritated with me. He's incredibly patient with me. And so Jesus, give me this same love for my kids. Give me this same love for my wife, for my coworkers. It's our roadmap for how to love others. We look at this very practically and see how we can live this out in our life. So, we're asking two questions today. First question is, who do you love? We need a wider love. We need to love like Jesus. We need to be intentional of seeking out other people to love. We need to widen the beam of our love. Who do you love? especially in a pandemic where we're not just running into people, bumping into people all the time. We need to be intentional to seek out people that we can love. I know for myself, in this last year, I have absolutely focused more on my family. My spotlight has shrunk to just my immediate family, but I recognize I need to widen the beam of my love. I can't just be loving people who love me. I need to take that gift of love. I need to give that gift of love. So who do you love? Secondly, how do you love? How do you love well? We need a love that is both higher and deeper. That we're willing to take the time to learn how to better love, to invest in our relationships 
We need to bring our love into alignment with Jesus and his love that he has for us. And we need to see and understand this great, magnificent love that he gives to us. We need to experience that overflow of the fullness of God that comes from knowing his great love for us and letting it spill over and motivate us to love others well. You know, for myself, I feel so fortunate to have grown up in the family that I'm a part of. My parents are great at loving people. Uh, Since I was a kid, I got to watch them intentionally go out of their way to love others. My dad, I remember uh, being a kid driving around in the car, and he was always picking up hitchhikers, just like sketchy-looking people on the side of the road, and he would just invite them into the vehicle with his children in the car, and he would just drive them wherever they needed to go. We'd be at Blockbuster Video, and he'd hear over here, like a single mom and her kid that needed to go somewhere, and he would just offer to drive them where they needed to go. I mean, my dad was Uber before Uber. He was just picking up strangers and taking them wherever they wanted to go. I remember as a teenager, my parents were intentional about seeking out a single guy in the church and inviting him to come and join us every year for Christmas dinner. So he was just like part of the family. He was like an uncle who just showed up. And I remember as a teenager just thinking like, that's cool. I like this, you know. I like that they're going out of their way to make this happen. I remember my parents mentoring young adult girls and just wanting to be involved in their life and trying to invite them into our family. My mom working with refugees from Kosovo and helping them just assimilate to Canada. And just, we as kids were just dragged along with it. We just had to go wherever my parents were going. But I got to see this example of love. My parents are pastors, and a few years ago, we were at a a pastor's conference, and as part of it, uh, my wife Crystal and I, we were getting prayed over, and my dad was praying for me publicly. And one of the things that he prayed was that Crystal and I would have a love for people. Now, when he was praying that, it made me feel a little self-conscious, a little, like, unsure. Have you ever had somebody pray for you? where it just made you feel like unsure about what was going on, where they're just like, God, I pray that you would bless them with a new wardrobe that they would have some nice clothes to wear. Uh, Okay, wait a minute. What, What are you praying right now? God, I pray that you would just bless them with an urgency to arrive on time. Okay, wait a minute. And so when my dad was praying for me that I would have a love for people, I was just going like, hey, are you... Are you, like, criticizing me right now? Like, are you saying, like, I don't love people? But I really came to understand that my dad values so much loving others. That he wants nothing more than to pass that on to me and to see that in my life. That I would be somebody who sees the value in loving others. Can we be those people who intentionally go out of our way to love others. I think all of us understand that love comes with risk. Putting ourselves out there, we risk getting our feelings stomped on, our heart broken, being really disappointed, or it not going the way that we think it might. But can we see the value in love? That it's worth it to give that gift of love, not looking for anything in return.
Today, I want to pray for us. Maybe you're here or watching online, and you're just feeling empty. You're feeling like that pitcher, but you're not overflowing with love. And you just need to reconnect and understand again how much Jesus loves you. The great, astonishing, magnificent love that he has for you. That endless supply of love that he's pouring into you. That you would be able to love out of the overflow of his love. This divine gift of love that he's given to you. Maybe some of us here recognize we need to come up to a higher standard of what love truly is and how we can love like Jesus. Maybe we need to love deeper, to really invest the time and energy it takes to love our spouse well, to love our kids well, to love those people that we work with well. Maybe we need a wider love. We need to recognize that we need to enlarge the beam of our love. If if God's speaking to you this morning on any of those things, I just want to invite us all to close our eyes. If you're watching at home, join us in closing your eyes. And if that's you, would you just lift up your hand? I'm lifting up my hand today. I'm saying, God, I need to come up to a higher standard of love. I need a deeper love. I need a wider love. If If that's you, would you just join me in just lifting up your hand? I want to pray for us. Jesus, First of all, we just thank you for your love. God, I pray for each person who's feeling dry, who's feeling empty. God, that they would just come to understand and realize this incredible love that you have for them. This never stopping, never quitting, never giving up love that you have for each of us. Jesus, would we come to know and experience and see this incredible love. God, would we be filled to overflowing with love? Jesus, would you give us a higher love, a deeper love, a wider love for others? Jesus, would we see the importance, the value, that it's worth the risk to give that gift of love? We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. Happy Valentine's Day. God bless you, and we'll see you next Sunday.